Here we are. We're at Borough Park Eichler's in Brooklyn, New York. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to this special, a Sunday special on this Super Sunday from Borough Park Eichler's. Uh, we're going to be spending now until 3 p.m. here in Borough Park at the uh, brand new Eichler's. That's right. We'll explain why it's brand new in a few minutes. And uh, we have some uh, wonderful programming and a very, very special guest today. We're going to meet the uh, author of the book, How to Fight Anti-Semitism, Barry Weiss. 
the great journalist and author, is going to be here at Eichler's. She'll be signing books and obviously selling books, and everybody out there will have an opportunity to come by and say hi, ask questions, and to be part of this broadcast. A big day today. Uh, many of you are familiar with some of the things that have been happening here at Borough Park Eichler's. Some of the things that have been happening have reverberated literally around the uh, literary world. Uh, and um, we'll explain all of that with our good friend Yossi Goldstein, who heads the book department here at Eichler's, maybe the most important and certainly one of the most high-profile uh, departments here at Eichler's in Borough Park. Yossi Goldstein, thanks for joining us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here, and that's uh, great. I appreciate that, and thank you for welcoming us here. The crowd is building, the excitement is building, the anticipation has been building for the last couple of weeks, and finally we are here on this very special day. And you, being the head of the book department, uh, obviously you, uh, uh, you uh, are associated with authors and with um, uh, personalities in the world of books of all varieties. I would assume every department that falls under books uh, goes under your... Uh, a leadership, and uh, you could tell us that, uh, in fact, Barry Weiss is one of the most sought-after speakers at the moment here in the United States. She's got this great book on how to fight anti-Semitism, and uh, it's wonderful having her in the store, right? Yes, so uh, we had an excitement uh, book week last week with right. a lot of authors, and uh, we brought in a lot of people in here. Uh, it was just something nonstop I was busy with the whole week, um, ordering books, um, having the customers meet the authors, the excitement they felt, and it was really, really a good experience, and I had a lot of credit to Morty Getz, who put in a lot of work into this, and uh, it just gave me a lot of chizik, and, and the authors had chizik, and the people themselves, it was just great. Everything that um, happened during book week, uh, the truth is it was many different types of experiences, because you had children's books, with children's authors and many children and mothers here. That's right. You had cookbooks that you were featuring. That's and right. And that's a very big item in the Jewish yes, world right so now. So we had a little bit of health cookbooks. We had a little foodie cookbooks. We have, uh, you know, we had Tanya Rose in here. We had uh, Miriam Pascal. It was just uh, an amazing uh, book week with the authors and signings. How long have you been involved in the book business? I've been working in New Eichlis for two years, and prior to that, I worked in America as a Monzi for 10. So my experience comes with 12 in total. So tell me about 2020. Are we now, as a community, uh, the most engaged we've ever been with books and uh, with items of Jewish interest, cooking, and some of the things we've already uh, mentioned today? How would you describe the way things are right now compared to, I don't know, since uh, the time you started in this industry? Yeah, so the time I started in the industry, there was, um, I would say, you could fill up maybe two or three shelves of books. And since then, Judaism has grown amazingly big, and you have now an assortment of Jewish thought. You have a Victor Miller, Mordechai Weinberger coming out with books. Uh, Pesach Krohn every year, Yechiel Spiro. These are authors that inspire people. Now you have self-improvement. You have uh, Sterner Gernsberg, an amazing book. You're also himself. Like these people keep working and you have uh, really an assortment of books. You have Rashi and book, like 10 books on Rashi. And last and eight years ago, you only had one type of book on Rashi. Now you have a 10. You have Gemaras. You have Mishnayas, three types. You have Mishnabrura. You have an assortment, really, really an assortment of every... And, and no one can say, I can't learn in English. You have everything out there. So it's in the market. So it's great. Speaking to Yossi Goldstein, we're at Borough Park Eichlers. Uh, check out NahumSiegel.com and Facebook.com slash NahumSiegel Network to see what's going on here. Um, I mentioned cookbooks, children's books. It's two really important subsets for our community. 
uh, and you spoke about the difference between now and 12 years ago when you started. I think every child in the Jewish community knew the few children's books by heart <laughs> back then. Right. Because there really were only a few, and they'd be read over and over and over. And now the choices in a store like this, and I was blown away when I saw it last week, the choices that are now being offered, it's not just, I mean, the, the numbers are great, but the variety, the types of stories that you have and the different angles that the authors are coming from and the lessons that they're teaching our kids through those books, it's really amazing how many there are at this point. Yes, yeah, so I remember this book. Everybody knows the book with the Ossian label and the peanut butter yep. and Shabbos. That's an old classic book. That's correct. That's when I grew up when I was a kid. So um, And everyone knew it by heart. That's I right. could fill in the blanks once your parents were reading it to you. That's right. So now you walk into this farm store and you have all these types of books and you're looking for the right one. So I always recommend people, what are you looking for? You're looking for books and feelings. That today they have Avi's Heart, Mommy's Heart. You have uh, Tirza Pelek. You have so many authors. They come out like uh, children, how to deal with their feelings. You have um, books on uh, happy-go-lucky books. You have enthusiastics books. You have uh, books that give uh, Chaim Wilder came with a book uh, to give empower to kids. So you really have this uh, great assortment. There's everything out there for any type, any age. Really, You know what else you've seen over these years? Um, there are a lot of history books out there, modern oh, yeah. history, other history. Uh, but now we have history written from different perspectives. And, and, and you know, there are people who are sometimes, you know, very welcoming of that, sometimes critical in terms of books that are written from our community's perspective. But the reality is that they are there. They exist. Now they are, there are many different angles from which history and modern history uh, can be explored because of the books that are now being written yes. and released. So lately, uh, a lot of books have been coming out for our Archaeology. Uh, Zam right. Cohen just worked on a book on archaeology, uncovering Yermiyahu. So really, we're yeah, that's unprecedented. At it there was yeah. never that combination of of Navi and modern day archaeology yes. that was blended and together on exactly. the pages like that. Exactly. So there's really everything out there, and there's also uh, you know books on and really every every detail you can think of. All right, tell so me about Barry Weiss's book. Are we making too big of a deal of this, or is it well-deserved? No, this is well-deserved. <laughs> so we've seen an increase in uh, this type of stuff, unfortunately, and even in the firm com uh, community. So it's a great, great uh, idea, um, how to fight anti-Semitism. And uh, it's really, really, so this is something the community needs, needs to read. And I think it would be safe to say, again, based on your experience, that there was a certain level of author, not to put them down, God forbid, but a certain level of author that would come to a place like Borough Park Eichlers, even with its size and even in such a big Jewish community. And that was really the, the, the type of author that was attracted here. Now, someone who is a journalist for the New York Times and someone who's known nationally and someone who's sitting in book chains that are even more known than Eichlers, believe it or not, is coming here today to participate. What does that say? So we're just honored by it. We're excited about it. Um, it's really, it not just gives the advertisement the story, it gives awareness to anti-Semitism. Um, it gives also awareness of people, what's going on in the other world, what's going on, how do they think about us, how do we think about other people. So this is this is a really good uh, challenge of a book, and uh, we're ready for it. So she's here, she'll be up in a few, and uh, we're excited. 100%. We're looking forward to speaking to her, and she'll be signing books for as many people as uh, would like to buy today here at Borough Park Eichlers. Check us out now at facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. We should mention... Uh, that for those who are not that familiar with Borough Park, when they do get here, it's 13th Avenue between 50th and 51st, right? Right. That's the first thing we need to tell them. We should mention that parking is a challenge, so come early, right? Leave a little bit extra time. That's correct. Luckily, and, uh, and Sunday. On, and on top of that, uh, we should mention that you have a website. 
You have yes. a website that uh, is unique to this store, correct? Yes, we worked really hard on a website. We have a team of people that put in a lot of work into this, and it's called shopeichlers.com, where we're working every day more and more. Hopefully, it'll, it, it'll be out in a few more weeks. We're going to be ending it. So it's it, a lot of work into it, and people could just go browse, talk to anyone in the background. Um, they can even call me in person to look if there's not up there. So we're, we're really working on it. Really ShopEichlers.com. Shop in terms of people being in here in person, you've seen a tremendous increase. That doesn't bother you. You like the more people, the better, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, that's doesn't correct. bother you at all. All oh. right. Uh, Yassi Goldstein, he leads the book department here at uh, Eichler's in Borough Park. Thank you so much for joining Thank us today. Thank you so much. It's been Great a to be here. And we continue with more uh, at the Nahum Siegel Network. We're going to continue with uh, this selection. You know, one of the things we're going to be doing today is uh, since the Kosher Halftime Show is coming out tonight, we're actually going to play some of the songs that you will actually hear and see on the Nahum Single Network Kosher Halftime Show uh, later on today, including this from Simcha Liner. You are listening to the Nahum Single Network from Eichlers and Borough Park. you actually might see and hear that song later on today once the Kosher Halftime Show is available. We're at Borough Park Eichlers. Thank you to Morty Getz and his amazing staff here in Borough Park. Uh, he did promise us we'd meet some very interesting people and likely people we've never had on the air before with all of our visits to Borough Park, Brooklyn. And in that category is Pastor Brian Johnson, who has a house church here in the neighborhood, 13th Avenue and 58th Street. I like to call that the heart of the neighborhood, Pastor, and I guess you like to call that the heart of your neighborhood as well. We absolutely do, <laughs> and um, we've uh, we moved in about a year and a half ago to, uh, uh, it was an existing church that had um, uh, kind of faded away, and um, just felt like this was, this was an amazing experience for us 
to get to understand the Jewish culture that we had no clue about. It's interesting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. say the least. <laughs> I must ask you, in the context of today's conversation, yeah. is your church, is your house of worship protected? Because you know that one of the things that we're speaking about today is the attacks on holy places or buildings that are holy for different religions here in the United States and obviously the world. Is this something that your congregation takes very seriously? We do take it very seriously. Um but, uh, you know, one of the things that we've all come to realize through the events in Muncie is that it's not necessarily the house of worship. It could be anywhere right. anyone could be. Now, not to provoke fear, but awareness. That's what we say is that we're not afraid, we're aware. That's the way to do it. Uh, Pastor Brian Johnson is with us from right here in Borough Park, Brooklyn. Um, you mentioned in our opening just a moment ago about the uh, the culture that you've gotten to see yeah. up close and personal. Yeah. Uh, because I'm somewhat uh, insulated, some might argue I'm not, but because I'm a little bit you know more in the community than not, I'm curious what you could tell us about our community. <laughs> How would you start with trying to describe our community to us? Wow. So I get this question a, a lot, <laughs> a time. lot from. Uh, from friends and relatives back home. So I'm originally from Arkansas. Uh, had never met a Jewish person until 15 years ago when I moved to New York for the first time to work with the inner city uh, children's program in the Bronx. And um, had never met a Jewish person in my life. And had some tiny picture of what um, the Orthodox community was like, but just driving through uh, you know, on a Saturday and kind of seeing the... The quiet? Uh, the, 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 yeah, the quiet. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, but uh, I think we didn't know what to expect when we especially came to Borough Park. And we were s pleasantly surprised at the warm welcome that we got from our neighbors saying, hey, come ring our bell if you need anything. Hey, you know. And uh, so in the evenings we have, uh, when it's warmer weather, we have children that come and play and shoot shoot hoops on our basketball goal and just really getting to know our neighbors. It's just been such a warm welcome. And then um, I think another thing is that our connection with Masbia, uh, my wife and I um, volunteer there and serve there and um, just the Just to remind our audience, they're feeding the hungry all the time. Exactly, exactly. And, um, and you've been just, involved with them. We have been because we feel like that our, um, what we've been called to do is to love God and love our neighbor. And, um, you know, I think it's important to not assume that you know how to love your neighbor. You need to learn, and you do that by listening, and then you love. And so we found that Maspia was already loving the neighbors really well, so why would we try to create something new? Why don't we just join in? And so it's been a, it's been a privilege. Unbelievable. Pastor yeah. Brian Johnson is with us. There's something about living, even though it's not like Arkansas— <laughs> There is something about living in a faith-filled community. Am I right about that? There's, even if it's not your own faith that dominates in this area, there's something about being in a neighborhood that is looking to God all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just a, a whole different tone and, and tenor in this, in this neighborhood. And uh, we've actually kind of maybe adopted some of the rhythms just because it's, it, it feels good. You, you become a New Yorker, <laughs> in, huh? Well, well, in that, in that uh, uh, to, to take our weekly... Uh, day of rest when our neighborhood is quiet. Right. That's a really smart thing to do. Right. <laughs> so, Join it. We, we enjoy that. Right. So, we yeah. sometimes recommend to people not of our faith that that should be the day they go shopping, frankly. <laughs> but all right. <laughs> not easy to do when everything's yeah. closed in this yeah. area. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so the, and, and in terms of the pace of life, I'd have to imagine that in Arkansas, 
Uh, yeah. Things did operate a lot more slowly, uh, likely not as much double parking as you might have in this area, <laughs> and that in general, just easier to get around, and the, yeah. the stress may have been a little less. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The The fact is is that we've been gone for 15 years, and so uh, New York is home, and now Borough Park has become home, and um, just know that this is uh, this is a gift for us to be able to get to be here. Um, you know, had a had a neighbor ask me, you know, is it a problem for a Christian to live among all of the Jewish people? And our our feeling is is that no, it's a privilege to get to live among the people that God calls the apple of His eye, and that's just the way the way we feel about it. Um, and uh, just seeing all of the. Uh, I guess you would say uncertainties with the violence and things like that recently. We've been asking the question as a church, how do we love our neighbors through times of uncertainty and, and uh, with, with the violence? And we've been asking the same question. And so whenever uh, I knew this was going to be an opportunity for us, you know, in, right here in the neighborhood a few blocks from us, I was like, oh, yes, I absolutely have to be there. One of the answers which you touched on, by the way, is getting to know people, getting exactly. to know people and... You know, p- people always say that if, if, if one would actually, you know, try to be neighborly, this would go away. The yeah. anti-Semitism and, in general, any yeah. type of hatred or yeah. feelings of ill will toward other communities would disappear. Uh, what a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for being here today. All right. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. I believe we're on the uh, Borough Park Eichler's Instagram as well, if I'm not mistaken. As we continue here on this very special day, it's How to Fight Anti-Semitism by Barry Weiss. That is the book that we are featuring today Barry's going to be is going to be uh, is going to be signing books for everybody she has arrived here at Borough Park Eichler's um, and we are looking forward to speaking with her on this broadcast uh, and we thank her of course for being here today um, uh, Yussel Rappaport is here who is described as a media consultant and somebody who has his hand on the pulse of the Jewish community, as they say. A pleasure to welcome you here to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. I've listening to you such a long time. I appreciate that very much. Tell me about this. Tell me about this store being the centerpiece of one of the most important thoroughfares in Borough Park, Brooklyn. Uh, I've been a customer here for since it was opened. Years uh, ago. Previous of the previous of the previous owners. <laughs> I've been through all of them. Um, and I've been sneaking in and browsing through the books more than I should. <laughs> if there uh, is such a thing, but okay. <laughs> um, my, my father used to say, Ich bin in a surem geschäft, also wie a schicker in a Wertshaus. You'll have to help me with that. I am in a bookstore like a drunkard in a bar. There you go. Uh, Book, I, books Anonymous, some people need that. Someone said to me, the other, Dove Kramer said the other day, if they had a Svarum Anonymous, I would be one of their, one of their chief that's, customers. That's me. That's um, my, my hush of a wife. <laughs> she, when I come home, where are you going to put them? Where, where gonna put them? Well, that's what happens. So, um, so we, we describe you as a community leader, somebody with his hand on the pulse of the community, and you know the topic of today, and that's anti-Semitism. And uh, this is a noticeably Jewish neighborhood, to say the least. Uh, our neighbors, both the immediate ones and everybody in the area, knows that this is a Jewish neighborhood. Uh, what do you think of this, uh, of the recent developments in the area of anti-Semitism? What do you think can be done uh, to bridge gaps and to get people to get along a little better than we are right now? Uh, both my parents and, uh, and my wife's parents, who were Holocaust survivors, I, um, 
as as your guest author, she was um, brought up in a town like Pittsburgh. Okay. Is that correct? Sure. And um, I I come from I hail from Montreal. Um, I've been here forty years, but but you're I, still an out of towner. But similar to these experiences, um, I experienced anti-Semitism all the time, even after I married and I brought my son Alex uh, to Montreal. He saw it in his own eyes, and it's no different anywhere. I have somewhat of a darker uh, view. Uh, I know the author is going to speak how to fight anti-Semitism, but... Um, if you listen, as, as I listened to Holocaust survivors over the years, and they always said, we play with our neighbors. We were so close. We were so close. So if, if the solution is to get to know your neighbors and be, be close and be friendly, what happened? Yeah, what happened? Um, the, the truth is the same thing you, if, if, you, if, if you follow the history of Bosnia, of Yugoslavia. Before the war broke out, Yugoslavia came apart, and they started to fight with each other. Right. They reverted to old histories. All of a sudden, your Slavic neighbor in Bosnia is not a Slav speaking the same language. He's a Turk, a Muslim Turk. Right. Um, because people always re revert to what to the deepest consciousness of uh, group um, uh, identity. And that's the sad part of the, of the human condition. Um, well, by the way, the author does deal with that reality. Uh, those who've already read the book know that. Uh, I intend to read. <laughs> I really do. She certainly deals with that reality, believing me, from every angle possible, uh, including the political right and the political left. But the, uh, the solution, look, we have to always believe that there is something we can do, and there are some practical things that we can discuss about that. You know, earlier uh, when the pastor was on, he was discussing Masbia. I see Masbia now is attracting people of of all faiths to be to be there. You wow. go to to be involved and to really help people. Talk about being neighborly. What could be better than trying to feed the hungry and be there for people who are in need? Of course, anybody going on the site on Masbia.org will see clips and clips of not only people who are being served because we can't show. We, right. Uh, um, I say we because it's my son, but right. it's, I'm, I'm just a volunteer. Uh, um, but we do what we do see is there's every week a thousand hours of volunteer work. They are performed by African American kids, by Muslim groups that come and do, and work at Masbia. People of all, all kinds. Of, they decide somebody has a bar mitzvah or something. Right. Let's, let's, let's go and make a small party and support that. Um, that. That gives you hope and that gives you the strength to go forward. You have to believe. You have to believe in humanity that, that, that people are basically good inside and just promote the good. Even if you're pushing off... Um, the bad nature of human beings. If you're just putting pushing it off for now, live live in the now. That might be, that might actually be the answer. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned about bar and bat mitzvahs, and I'm glad you mentioned about uh, also public officials. We should say that Maspia has gotten to a point where even the public officials feel they have to be there and show up and help people as much as possible, which is also yes, a good. <laughs> we we had uh, we had uh, we invited uh, people from from Jersey City, right. And, Masbia was involved a few weeks after the event, right. the terrible event. 
uh, and bringing together uh, people to help uh, each other to be neighborly and to and to do God's work. Yes. Yassel Rappaport, I thank you. Thank you for all your work and uh, you. continued success. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, we're at Bar Park Eichler's Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network and of course NahumSiegel.com. We're here until 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Come meet Barry Weiss and all of our special guests. The book is called How to Fight Anti-Semitism. It's available everywhere and today we recommend you get it of course at Bar Park Eichler's. Just before we head to this song, a big thank you to uh, Miriam Alwalek and ZK and Yoni Pollock, who, of course, working very hard. Oh, they get a nice round. That's a rarity, a nice round of applause. Plus, Avrami, who's 6,000 miles away, but working harder than any of us. More coming up. You're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network.
It's an Achim Single Network. We're live in Borough Park at Eichler's. It's a special Sunday uh, afternoon broadcast. You're listening at NachumSingle.com. You're listening on the NSN app. You're watching at Facebook.com slash Single Network. And, of course, on the website as well. Uh, on this Super Sunday, and it's super for us because we get to spend time at iClus with Barry Weiss, who's the author of the book, How to Fight Anti-Semitism. She's coming up later in this broadcast. Anybody who's here, if you have a question for Barry Weiss that you'd like me to bring up during our conversation, there are index cards to my right. Uh, write the question down. There are topics, uh, anti-Semitism and beyond, that uh, she's more than willing to address, of course, in our conversation. So please, uh, any questions you have, just write them down. We'll get them on the air and uh, make them part of our presentation this afternoon. Rabbi Abe Friedman is here in our mobile studio at Borough Park Eichler's. He is described as a chaplain and as a community activist specific to the state of New Jersey. Rabbi Friedman, welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Nachum, for having me. Thank you so much. Nice to speak with you. New Jersey has a special place in my heart. I lived there for many, many years before I got married, and I always claim to know the most about Jersey, but I have a feeling you know more than I do at this point. How did this relationship between you and the Garden State develop? Uh, I think it's uh, most recent that I have done uh, invested in New Jersey uh, as a uh, real estate uh, partner in uh, some properties and as well I was uh, very close with uh, now governor Pat I'm sorry governor Murphy that uh, was the ambassador for uh, uh, president under president Obama right. uh, to Germany and he was a close friend and uh, he had a vision and the uh, last thing that I ever imagined that he's going to be governor from uh, New Jersey but one day he called and said that he has a dream to, to be a governor you know he's a successful businessman uh, used to be the head of uh, Goldman Sachs for many years, and uh, he felt he could make a difference. So uh, that's the bond, and continued uh, staying close with with him and working uh, uh, now generally on uh, faith-based initiatives, uh, and especially for the Jewish community. So it has been a great uh, journey together. And uh, on the topic of anti-Semitism, or even its reverse, you know, trying to uh, bridge gaps between communities, we have been told. Uh, that you have said and described him as a true friend of our community. He's somebody who has a tremendous feeling in his heart uh, for the Jewish community and that uh, you've, you've seen it and experienced it over the years. Yeah, first of all, I would like to you know, uh, commend uh, you know, the book that, that the author and the book that uh, has been touched. It's unfortunately that we need to speak about, and I, I said uh, uh, recently, and especially in Hanukkah, that... Uh, uh, you know, it reminds me as my great uh, grandfather used to speak when I was little uh, about anti-Semitism and uh, Kristallnacht and how he went through the Holocaust and survived. I would never imagine it's you know 30 years later after my grandfather spoke to me about this topic that we're going to have to revisit this uh, on a daily and a weekly basis to fight anti-Semitism, uh, which is sad, uh, but the reality is that you have to speak up uh, you have to turn uh, words into action. And I'm uh, grateful uh, for Morty, the owner of Eichler, for bringing us together. Uh, I don't know, I'm sure you're aware that after the tragic events in Jersey City, he held a press conference right here in front of Eichler's, right. where he brought together a whole host of different faith leaders, uh, together with the borough president of Brooklyn, uh, to, to denounce the hate and uh, bringing the people's attention, how important it is to people to be visual 
and go into your schools, go into your homes and speak about it and speak up in a way that has an effect of this day and age that what we're going through and don't let it spread. I feel that uh, anti-Semitism is like a cancer, it spreads and you need to target it uh, when it's small. You need to come into uh, various schools and educate kids when they're young um, and bring them through what the Jewish community right. went through in the Holocaust. Rabbi Abe Friedman is with us. Um, many of us always get the feeling, and there's certainly uh, some truth to, to this, if, not, if, if it's not completely true, that public officials and law enforcement officials are the key. If we don't have their cooperation, things can get uh, you know, very difficult for the Jewish community and, frankly, other communities if they're not there to protect us. Um, tell me about the response of government officials public officials and law enforcement officials in the Jersey City situation. Uh, Nachum, thanks for bringing this up. Uh, first of all, in Jersey, right when the tragic event happened, uh, you, you saw response right from the top. The governor himself came down to the scene. Uh, he left, uh, it was a little after 1 a.m., making sure that there's great coordination following the tragic events. He uh, had the attorney general with him. He had the prosecutors, uh, state police, and city, state, and federal levels, on all levels, had worked. And unfortunately, this was a tragic event. But when you see and you go back to the cooperation, how the law enforcement entities worked together, that gave you a comfort. Because as you know, Nachum, you've been around for a while. Uh, a scene like that can get uh, not only tragic, but can get chaotic and can get from bad to worse. If you yeah. don't have the proper... Uh, communication lines open, we were able to get to the scene, we were able to identify the bodies, we were able to hold back uh, certain uh, things that are, you know, as you know, the Jewish tradition with uh, when it comes to scan and autopsies. Uh, there was such an unbelievable sensitivity by all law enforcement. And Nachum, you're smart enough to know if the governor's on the scene and Law enforcement sees that right the top leadership are right there watching every step. They'll make sure that things go smoothly. You, you know what impression I had uh, watching them on TV? That the governor and the attorney general, others as well, but obviously they're the two most noticeable, they took it personally. They literally felt as if their own family was affected by this tragedy and dealt with it that way. I can tell you I was most moved when we had to unfortunately... Uh, identify the bodies and go to the family to speak. The attorney general had tears in his eyes and couldn't face the family. I was very moved by that. Uh, you know, he's an AG, have seen the, the worst uh, ever, you know, things right. happen. It's not, you know, unfortunately shooting, stabbings right. and... He never has an easy day, right? He never has, <laughs> exactly. And he's used to deal with uh, MS-13 uh, right. gang members and the UFC in the worst. So sure. uh, by taking it so personally, I was I was deeply touched, just like you said, Nacham. And following the events, uh, you saw the elected officials that are just, you know, sometimes want to get in front of a camera to speak. And you saw some elected official that took action. For example, Governor Murphy uh, right away after convened a meeting and said, with all the uh, rabbis and the local leaders, how can we further protect uh, the faith-based uh, initiatives and houses of worship, synagogues, shuls, schools that are vulnerable with no security? I'm sure you know that he passed the bill to increase funding all over the state right. 
right. which basically what, what he did is he turned in words into action. Benefited every Jewish neighborhood in New Jersey, everyone should realize. Not just Jersey City, not just Lakewood, but everywhere. Throughout the whole state, right. absolutely, Nachum. Here in New York, uh, the mayor, uh, the borough president, as I said, he came up here in Eichlers and said, we're going to stand united. We're going to make sure that uh, we uh, meet the people, the leaders, the educators, to make sure to go into the schools and further enhance the education, the, the, take the children to Holocaust Museum, show them you know, that a swastika is not just a joke. It's not just a art symbol. It's something that... Uh, behind the swastika, there's so much pain. Tragic history behind every swastika. Absolutely. Um, by the way, one last point. You brought up something that I alluded to earlier. Uh, we, we said that Borough Park Eichlers is literally at the center of one of the most noticeable Jewish neighborhoods in the world, uh, 13th Avenue, 50th Street. And it, it's it, and that's not lost on us, that to choose a location to come and make a statement and to you know bring everyone together, Jew and non-Jew alike, this was the location chosen, and that's a, that's pretty significant. Can we say it's the Mayashurim of Jerusalem? <laughs> or of New York, maybe. <laughs> I thank you very much. Uh, and I'm going to ask a personal favor. Absolutely. Convey to the governor of New Jersey that even oh, those of us in New York, because sometimes Jersey does does feel secondary to New York. Obviously, in the Jewish community, New York is larger. Uh, let him know that we're taking notice and really appreciating what he's doing for our community. Absolutely, Nachum. Coming from you, uh, I know he's going to take it very seriously. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Rabbi Friedman. Rabbi Abe Friedman, chaplain, community activist in New Jersey, and somebody who uh, certainly tells uh, tells us exactly what's happening in terms of uh, uh, the Jewish community in Jersey, and as you heard, uh, the Jewish community here in Borough Park and New York as well. And we've been alluding to a gentleman named Morty Getz who joined me on JM and the AM this past Friday morning to invite everybody to be here today uh, for this historic occasion. He's, of course, the proprietor, the man in charge here at Eichler's in Borough Park, 13th Avenue and 50th Street. And uh, some of the things that have been going on, including Jewish Book Week uh, that happened here recently and an event like today, uh, uh, honestly would not have happened if not for his ingenuity and creativity. And that's why Barry Weiss, author of the book, How to Fight Anti-Semitism, is here. And we thank our host, Morty Getz. Welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Nachum. Good to have you here. Uh, first of all, one thing we've established... I'll say this. Uh, I'll, I'll say this because you deserve the accolades. Uh, you are now the centerpiece of one of the most noticeable Jewish communities in the entire world. That must make you uh, must make you feel good knowing that it all goes through Eichlers and Borough Park here. Thank you very much. <laughs> I grew up listening to your show, so Thank now you. it's reversed. Now I'm on your show. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> As that. I, I hope you enjoyed all your listening experiences. Believe you me. Um, what can you tell us about this neighborhood? I found it fascinating. Uh, when the uh, chairman of your book department joined us at the beginning of the hour, I found it fascinating how he compared 12 years ago when he started in this industry till today, and the differences are vast. What can you tell us in general about this community over the last few years? Has it changed? Has, it been, has there been a drastic or even a subtle change in this community? So Bar Park is one of the most amazing areas outside of Israel. In part, you have a very, very strong showing of Hasidic, various different sects like Satmar, Babav, Bells, Vizhnitz, very different diverse Hasidic communities. You have Lithuanian communities, and you have Samaritan Orthodox, you have Bethel, Young Israel, and what's very amazing about this community is, thank God, you have areas like Muncie or in New Jersey where there's growth and there's a lot of uh, 
issues with the neighbors right. and the massity towards the local neighbors. And this community, thanks to very, very professional community leaders, the likes of Yasser Rappaport, Rabbi Abe Friedman, and many local community leaders that have a lot of outreach with interfaith communities, people like Rabbi Niederman have for years created very strong connections to all types of diverse communities in Brooklyn and New York. So we're blessed that we're one of the most successful communities. And the anti-Semitic attacks here are just a recent phenomenon. And we hope it's going to stop soon. It's interesting. I, I never really considered what you're saying. When a Jewish community grows, the question is, how does the community around it react to it? And you alluded to Muncie, Lakewood, areas that are having challenges that we're aware of. But here... You never really felt any of that, huh? Thank God. It's been, on the most part, amazing growth and very little friction. Interesting. Now, what can you tell me about this superstore? What can you tell us about this center of activity for the Jewish community? So when I grew up, this was like the only bookstore. It still is like the only one with such a variety of books. But what we did is we started a culture of book weeks, authors coming and signing books, child authors coming to speak to children, taking questions and answers, and it's becoming more of a cultural center than the bookstore. Now, when we were preparing for the book week, I had a conversation with someone that read the book, How to Fight Anti-Semitism, and he asked me, why don't we bring more popular, famous authors? I said, do you think it's possible? He said, no. I said, well, Barry cares enough that I think it is possible, <laughs> and now we see it is possible, so thank you. For those of you that don't know... Barry attracts a thousand people on Barnes and Nobles in the city. So for her to come down here to this smaller store, relative, it's a huge store for Borough Park, relative to the city, this small store, we're really thankful and what we call Hakaratatov. And as I'll tell her, we were, uh, when, during our two visits to Pittsburgh, she was one of the people we desperately wanted to speak to, but we needed more to get <laughs> in order to make sure we finally made that happen. How do you like that? And the world goes round. I, 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 and you're an incredible shotgun, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we'll speak with Barry Weiss coming up. Morty Getz is with us as we talk about Borough Park and talk about what's happening here at Eichlis and Borough Park. I mean, to what degree can you take this? We understand that there's creativity in the world of experiential uh, book reading and book events. We get that, and, and they're really important, both children's and cookbooks and history and all different people like Barry, who you bring in here uh, to speak to the public. What, what, what else can we do to continue this cultural center motif that you've introduced here? So I think we should just continue what we're doing, and we're doing we're good at what we do, and we're doing it well, and we just have to continue. Reading books is not just a sort of meditation. People could just escape from where they are and go into a better place. But actually, when people read books like this, they become smarter and better people. So it's just so important. There are people out there that are book lovers, and we have to find an outlet for them, like here, which has uh, books that cater to the community that they love, and interaction with the authors is a whole different level for people that love books. You know what my mother would say about you? She would say, you're not just promoting culture, you're promoting education. You want people to read and to delve into the... There you go. You want people to read and dove, as she would have said, uh, read more, and you will, and you will, you know, you will gain more academically. So you will I'm become sure, smarter. I'm sure you read the book Stephen Pinsker, Enlightenment Now. Did I read that one? I'll have to go. I'll have to Barry go, did, right? I'll, I'll have to go check my to-do list if that's checked <laughs> off or not. So, so Barry read it, so we can discuss it with Barry. <laughs> yeah. But that book points out: the more knowledge, the more people read, the better the world becomes. The less anti-Semitism, the less hate. Hate comes from a place of lack of intellectuality. When people are educated, 
hopefully. Sometimes yeah, we, we have, have places like in Germany, right. which were the opposite of that. Right. And that's because it was a very, But you've just made Barry's point because she basically describes how it comes from everywhere and can come from every type of background. So you really have made that point. But you're right. The more education we do hope, the better. And, of course, in our community, the more well-rounded someone is, the more they could represent us better out there. Rabbi Friedman and others, you know, if they don't have a background and not a knowledge of what's going on and what this world is all about and how it works, and it's impossible to represent us with any public official or with any other community. Correct. One point of the book, which I loved, and I want to thank yeah. Gary for it in public, in the polarized world or America that we have become, everyone tries to hyper-focus on pointing at anti-Semitism on the other side. Right. And that's counterintuitive to what the objective is. Barry, in the book, is one of the only voices that talk about the general problem and don't just like hyper-focus where they want. And that's what it's going to take to stop these animalistic features that humans resort to in good and bad times. No question. In fact, she has uh, chapters that, uh, that um, are dedicated uh, to each segment, one would say, politically, for instance. I'd have to go count the pages, which one has more, <laughs> the right or the left, to see, to see which one actually could be accused. By, I'm kidding, of That's course. That's from your Talmudical education. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, all, it's all about volume. It's all about quantity, right? It's all about quantity. Uh, anyway, there you go. Uh, I want to thank you, Morty Getz. This has been a great experience for us so far, and the piece de resistance is coming up when you've given me the opportunity to speak to Barry. And I have a million questions for her about a lot of things, the book and Pittsburgh and my two experiences with my staff in Pittsburgh over the last year, which were off the charts. We actually met her in Pittsburgh in Rabbi Wasserman Shul the first time we were there. Uh, and I thank you for this opportunity. Thanks very much. Thank you. Everybody out there, Borough Park Eichlers is not only open on Sunday, they're open all the time. Come on in. Browse and shop at 13th Avenue and 50th Street in Borough Park, Brooklyn. There's a website. It's right here, shopeichlers.com, shopeichlers.com. Uh, and, of course, visit on 13th Avenue and 50th Street. You'll see a, a store that really has uh, – we, we keep talking about books. There's obviously a reason we're doing that. This is an extension of their book week. But in terms of gifts and Judaic items, etc., you're never going to see such a voluminous selection. So check it out by coming to Eichler's in Borough Park. Uh, we're at Facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. We're on Nahum Single.com. We're on, uh, we're on the app, NSN app, being heard around the world. And I thank everybody who's tuning in. If there are any app comments, alert me, folks. So we will uh, mention those as well. It's Super Sunday here in New York and the world, and we are spending our afternoon at Eichler's in Borough Park, Brooklyn. This is the Nahum Siegel Network.
We're live here in um, uh, Borough Park, Brooklyn at Eichler's. Uh, we're giving an opportunity to Barry Weiss to sign some books and to meet and greet the people. 
A lot of people read her material. Miriam L. Wallach is here, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Good afternoon. Wow, what Slash Nahum Siegel Network. And yes, good afternoon to you on this Super you? Sunday, where we can remind everybody now for 30 seconds that there's a kosher halftime show later. <laughs> and there everyone, is. Should, everyone should tune into NahumSiegel.com during halftime. And of course, Facebook.com. Uh, slash Nahum Siegel Network to be able to see the video. You should share it and enjoy it. And right. people like Simcha Liner and Ashley Blaker and uh, Mayor Kay are all part of it, as uh, usual. And you. I'm in it as yes. well. Uh, here we are today. Big thank you to Morty Getz and everybody at his staff at uh, Eichler's and Borough Park doing this unique broadcast on this Super Sunday with Barry Weiss. So far, so good, I think. So, so far, so great. So far, so great. Yeah. Woo! We've been upgraded from good to great. Well, I never came in at good. <laughs> I was always a great. And you have to be, look, one thing you've, t- in the eight years we've been working together, one thing is obvious. When it we comes take a moment to remember it's <laughs> When it comes to shopping, yes. you're a bigger expert than I am. Stop. And this store, <laughs> this store has got to be oh, impressive great. to you. It has it's to great. be. First of all, they have Miriam stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I got to tell you I love because my name is on nothing. Uh, but no, seriously, I, I literally was, I mean, we were here, what was it, Wednesday last yeah, week? Yeah, last week, right. I, I think I was looking in one particular section for about 45 seconds before somebody automatically came up to me and said, is there anything I can help you That's with? always the best part, having people ready to serve. Correct. And by the way, it goes, you know, it goes both ways in New York. Right. Sometimes you don't want people to help you. But when you look lost... That would be me last week. Immediately, 45 I, It was totally under a minute. Somebody walked over. How can I help you? You know, what can I do for you? And they, you know. So it's all about customer service. It's it all. Is. It's all about uh, a selection. They have a tremendous selection, both books and, and gifts and everything that we mentioned earlier. Plus and variety. Judaica and variety. As Yossi had mentioned, I mean, there, right. are, there are three types of this, and there are 12 types of that, and there are, you know, 14 options for this. But we are sitting in what would be... You know, had we not taken over the space, this is the gift section. Right. So there's everything from, yeah, there are beautiful hollow knives, and there are candlesticks, and there are this, and there are that. And there's everything you need for a Jewish home. Um, but there isn't, there aren't five of everything. There are 50 of everything. That's what's so impressive. Right. It's really quite impressive. And they, and also, I mean, Morty and his staff clearly take a tremendous amount of pride in the quality of the store itself. The store is immaculate. The store is immaculate. And you and I have been... In the back. Right. And also noted. Cared, how, cared for very well. Correct. Everything is taken care of. And there's there's got to be pride in that. Um, November the 1st of 2018 and November the 13th of 2019. Yes. Th- those were the two dates that we and our staff traveled to Pittsburgh. The first time in the shock and tragedy of the... Uh, of the attack, right? Uh, the second one a year later, and boy, and I'm gonna discuss this with Barry Weiss when she comes on. Boy, were we welcomed by every oh segment God. of the community that second trip, the first trip as well. But it was much more difficult, obviously, with the national media bombarding the community. Sure. It was very hard to be noticed. But the second time around, we came back for the art site. We were at the JCC, and we never felt that much consideration and love from every. Uh, end every angle of the community, which is really beautiful. I agree, but let's remember for a second that on our first visit, we weren't ex- we weren't expecting a welcome. We just didn't want to bother anybody. Right. We wanted to stay come- out of the way. Exactly. Everybody's got real things going on. There were real. I don't want to say life and death issues, but there were real, yeah. you know, matters of of life and and tragedy and 
just so much going on in that moment. I mean, the funerals had not even taken place. They, they hadn't taken place yet, and so there was that going on. Right. And and Rabbi Wasserman hadn't slept in a week. Right. And this person was being pulled in twelve different directions. And so we just wanted to come in and do our things without any fanfare, without bothering anybody. And so when we came back a year later, it was with a different perspective. And what we had noted that morning was that we had, we had, we had assumed that the show would take a particular direction, that the interviews would take a particular direction, and that the show itself would shape to be, you know, one of, uh, you know, what we had in mind. Yeah. And we were totally wrong. 100%. And yep. it ended up being one of the best presentations we were part of. Correct. And we will discuss all of that with Barry Weiss coming up, who's, of course, a native of Pittsburgh, and her bat mitzvah celebration took place in the synagogue, which was attacked that day. Uh, back on the 27th of October in 2018. All righty. Oh, Ezra's here. Ezra is here, which is great. So I think that we're going to go to a song, we're going to go to Ezra, and then we're going to try and... <laughs> Circumvent the crowd? Yeah, I'm going to have to pry you know Barry away. You know what our problem is? That well, people are conducting long conversations with her. I and, know. And it's impossible to get them away from but her. But I'll tell you something. This is... This is I, I, I don't even think Morty appreciates how huge this moment is right now in Borough Park. I mean, he's a big picture thinker and he's also a risk taker and it's great. And all of that is great. And we talked, you already discussed education right. and you discussed opening people's eyes and letting people read and, and all of the benefits of that. But let's just talk about exposure. Let's just talk about meeting people. That is huge. 100%. It's and part I, of the experience he wants to bring to people. Right, right. All right. Um, you think that we're shocking enough? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he needs others to really get the place going. There you go. More coming up. Special guests, and of course, Barry Weiss, who's the most special guest for today. All happening if you keep it here at the Nahum
Nachum Siegel Network. That's Michal Przanski. It's Nachum Siegel Network. You could be uh, listening right now at facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. You listen on our app, the NSN app. You can be at NachumSiegel.com. Uh, all the different varieties and methods that we offer everybody on this Super Sunday uh, when we're going to be speaking with Barry Weiss, author of the book, How to Fight Anti-Semitism. She's here. She's signing away. She's schmoozing with the people. Uh, I, I hope... I. I hope we get to her because they, it's impossible. I wish I was that popular. You can't, can't circumvent these conversations with her. It's impossible, I'll tell you. I should wait online? That's, that's the way to do it. Ezra Friedlander has been a guest of ours in the past. He is the CEO of the Friedlander Group. He is involved in many different things happening in the Jewish world, and I welcome you back to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you. It's always good to be on. We mentioned. I appreciate that. We mentioned that. Borough Park Eichel is like the center of one of the most noticeable Jewish communities in the entire world. Uh, and that that reputation, it seems, under Morty's leadership just keeps getting bigger and bigger. This is sort of like the, the epicenter meeting, of activity, Meeting right? place of ideas. This is it. Yeah, this Morty gets place. really, uh, is taking Eichel, the new Eichlers to the, to the next level. We, we simple Borough Park villagers are not accustomed to uh, Morty's sophisticated... Approach. So you're sa- you're saying that Morty gets it, huh? Morty oh, gets it. Morty gets it. Absolutely, <laughs> he gets it. With Barry Wise being here, that's it's an, it. Uh, it opens up a new chapter in in the history of Borough Park. So we're very grateful to Morty, to the new Eichlers. Thank you for bringing culture to Borough Park. You know, it's not unusual um, when when there's a space of time between visits. And as ZK told me early on, it's been a long time since we've been here doing a show. Uh, to ask, and we've done this a couple of times already today, about the changes over the last few years in communities like this. Do, do you feel it as a villager, like you described it? Do you feel things different in Borough Park than they were just a few years ago? Actually, it's Kalman Jaeger's line. 
Oh, that's what it says. He always says, "Vishema, bro, it's yeah, common." <laughs> yeah, the, our village of Borough Park. But, but to your question, how do I see the change? Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, uh, Borough Park is today a, a thriving Hasidic neighborhood, which I'm proud to be part of. Uh, so, look, but that has its drawbacks as well. So, it's good that there's one place that allows every viewpoint to be. Uh, Right, some, Within com- reason. some communities would not have an event like this. Right? Yeah, so it's very, it's very healthy. Right. It's very good. Um, my children uh, started to read as a result of uh, Morty. Yeah, wow. my oldest son uh, became an avid reader thanks to Morty Getz. Beautiful. There was a uh, book sale, and it recently, was like in the last a couple year? of weeks ago, yeah, oh, wow. and it was promoted so well. The book week. It, the, the book, book week, week. Right. and in the, in the families and individuals came in and. It reminded me of uh, years ago when people would go to uh, the bookstore sure. and hang out there for a couple yeah. of hours. That's that's what happens here. So it's uh, someone described it as a cultural center. I think you yeah. agree with that at this point. Look, uh, you know, many of us at this point uh, in 2020, especially as some of us get older, are looking very carefully at what's going on in Washington. Right. Are, are following the uh, the machinations of both the House and Senate. Uh, we have an interest, as you, as you, as I always tell you, um, politics is frankly the best spectator sport. Right? As a spectator, it's it's fun. Not always fun to be in the mix, but it's fun as a spectator. Um, and I, I don't know. Would you would you say that there's a more of a skepticism, more eye rolling, more of a distrust of government officials than there used to be, or there's simply so much more exposure now? We're exposed to both the good. And the bad to a much greater degree than it used to be. I think you hit the nail on the head. Today, we have access to information, whether it's true, accurate or not, that's another story. People live on the fringes. In other words, life is full of gray. Right. Nothing is black and white. Right. Unfortunately, when it comes to politics, people identify, I'm liberal, I'm conservative, you're a bum, he's a bum, he's great. It's very complicated. And yes, you're right. It, it's a great spectator sport. Right. I'm not a spectator. I'm a participant. Right. But when you're in, a, when you're people ask me all the time, "Oh, you were in Washington last week?" I, I said, "Yeah." So did you follow the impeachment? I said, "Absolutely not." They said, "Why not?" I said, "Well, you go to a supermarket. You go for a specific purpose, right? You're going <laughs> to buy up. You're buying vegetables. You're not looking at anything else. You don't have to go to frozen foods. Right? You don't want to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Capitol Hill is a big place. I conduct my business, and I have relationships." with both Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals, and a community needs to be on good terms with both with both right. Democrats and Republicans. And people don't want to hear this. People so, accuse me all the time, oh, you're a liberal Democrat. And the Republic, my Republicans friends say, oh, you hung out with uh, this liberal Democrat. And liberal Democrat says, you hung out with this person on the right. Extreme right winger. I was invited to the White House Hanukkah party several years ago right. when pr- President, president took office. Right. And there was a controversy of whether American Jewish leaders should participate at the Hanukkah party. And I wrote an op-ed and I said, absolutely. My friend Yasser Rappaport, I hope he'll agree with me. So people said, how could you go to the Hanukkah party? I said, Jews in 1943 could not get a meeting with President Roosevelt. I will never, ever decline a meeting no matter Regardless, what the political position of the president. Correct. Yeah, of correct. And, and frankly, I was honored, and several months ago, I was there again. 
It, it and, shocks me that people don't get that. But as you said, they're living on the fringes right. and, and, and angry about a lot of stuff right correct. now. Correct. And the same goes. One of my, uh, uh, I work for the local congressman, Jerry right. Nadla, right. and proudly so. And people attack me all the time. They say, how could you associate yourself with Jerry Nadler? I received a phone call last week. I said, associate? I'm very proud to be associated. But he's leading the impeachment. So I said, that has nothing to do with me. My responsibility is to the Borough Park community. And to bring when, those issues to him. Correct. Right? When we have prison, this community is a proponent of prison reform. Right. Do you know who's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee? It's Congressman Adler. Right. He shepherded that amendment, which most of your listeners won't even know what I'm talking about, and no one really frankly cares, except when their cousin was prosecuted for a white-collar crime that he had nothing to do with, and the prosecutor's putting him away for 18 years, then suddenly everyone becomes very, very excited, and how could we reform the criminal justice system? So you need relationships with the Congress, with the Jerry Nadels of this world, who, by the way, authored the Arya Lupa Law. Do you know that every oh, right. neighborhood that discriminates against Jews and their ability to build a shul relies right. on the piece of legislation that Jerry Nadler authored 20 years right. ago, which it makes it a federal every, crime. It helps in every local negotiation. Correct. Right. So, again, you, like my grandmother used to say, she, when she would describe my brother and me, she would say, the mamishting by the tzazamen, you'd be a perfect person. If you'd mix the two of you together, <laughs> you'd make a perfect person. So there's, there are no perfect uh, systems. And Nonetheless, at least acknowledge for us that sometimes people like that who are really familiar with our community, sometimes it does get frustrating for you that they don't at least express a little bit more of the point of view that you'd like them to, right? Sometimes. Oh, fr right. it's it's frustrating, but... People shouldn't think that you just sit there and don't get, you know, mitchered by it, as no, they say. <laughs> but, but, but fortunately, I, I have a business, right. and it's the Friedlander Group. I'm not a, uh, a local Oskin like like and you're the very oh, and you're very open about very it. Open. You're very open about Perhaps, it. That we always give you credit correct. for. Correct. So I, I, I'm, I'm a for hire... And uh, I don't do anything out of the goodness of my heart. S sometimes my wife will disagree with that. <laughs> but most of the time, it's, I tell people, when you hire a plumber, do you ask them for their political views? No. You assume that they'll do the job and they'll get rid of them. Why, when someone approaches me, whether it's a community-based institution, that they need a regulatory change, they don't ask you for your views. But the average person does. It's been a pleasure. Amazing. Ezra Friedlander, CEO of the Friedlander Group. I don't think we could have come to Borough Park and not met up with you, frankly. Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> We're here with our friends at Eichler's at Borough Park. Barry Weiss is going to join us. We thank Morty Getz, our host, and, of course, his amazing staff as we continue on this Super Sunday at the Nahum Siegel Network.
That is uh, Baruch Levine here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, we're just minutes away from speaking with Barry Watts. What we're going to do is uh, we have a – should we do the intro or you want to do another song? Let's go to another song. Okay, we'll do one more song and we're going to do a special intro that will give everyone an opportunity to hear what Barry said publicly just a couple of weeks ago here in New York. You're listening to uh, NSN, the Nachum Siegel Network, as we continue in Borough Park, Brooklyn. We are at Eichler's, and we are going to be joined by um, – by Barry Weiss coming up. Don't forget, tonight's the Kosher Halftime Show. Those of you who want wholesome, good Jewish fun entertainment, it's happening tonight. Uh, what you do is you go to NSN, the NahumSiegel.com website, or, or Facebook.com slash NahumSiegel Network, and you can access the Kosher Halftime Show with about five minutes to go in the first half. That's when I usually uh, panic and tell everybody, let's get it up there and let everybody start enjoying it. And start and start enjoying it. Uh, so we thank the Rothenberg Law Firm and all of our sponsors for bringing that to everybody tonight. Make sure to be tuned in from around the world and share the Kosher Halftime Show with all your family and friends. Here's Yehuda Green. You are listening to the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Malcolm Signal Network. Here's how we're going to start our next segment. Barry Weiss is going to join us in a couple of minutes. This is a um, yeah. Go ahead. This is a uh, a speech that she delivered at what now is an uh, iconic event. Uh, just a few weeks ago here in New York City in response to all the uh, random attacks that have been taking place, some of the really serious violent attacks and other random attacks that have been taking place here um, in this area and across the country, uh, there was a, uh, a rally. Uh, every community was invited to participate, a rally against anti-Semitism uh, that went over to Brooklyn Bridge. Many of you are familiar with it. Uh, I believe we were we were doing the Israel trip during that time, if I'm not mistaken. We were in Israel that Sunday, and uh, I think that was the only. Re- Everyone said we were excused because we were in Israel. Otherwise, we would have been there, of course. Anyway, Barry Weiss was among the speakers. These were the words that she said at that rally um, on that Sunday, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, here they are for you at the Malcolm Siegel Network. My name is Barry Weiss. I am a proud American, I am a proud New Yorker, and I am a proud Jew. I am not a Jew because people hate my religion, my people, my civilization. Not for a single moment does Jew hatred make me a Jew. I am a Jew because my people has been targeted and despised and murdered by the Nazis and the Soviets. I am a Jew because evil hates my people. I am a Jew because my people managed to turn destruction into redemption by returning to their land after 2,000 years. I am a Jew because the founders of this country saw themselves as the new Israelites. I am a Jew because the words on the Liberty Bell proclaim liberty throughout the land rang out from the righteous mouths of this country's abolitionists as they fought for universal freedom in the New Jerusalem. I am a Jew because it was Emma Lazarus who etched the biblical injunction to welcome the stranger onto the consciousness of America when she wrote the words, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. I am a Jew because of the martyrs of Tree of Life and Chabad of Poway and Jersey City. And I am a Jew because of the courage of those who fought back in Muncie and then who immediately after the attack gathered together and sang. I am a Jew because my brothers and sisters in Crown Heights, in Borough Park, and in Williamsburg refused to hide their Judaism. I am a Jew because of students across this country who refuse to be smeared and denigrated because of who they are, who are standing up against humiliation pressure and abuse to affirm the justice of Zionism. I am a Jew because my brothers and sisters in England and France are battling the anti-Semitism of populist thugs and politicians in Parliament. I am a Jew because Jews of of every color, class, politics, and language, and I am a Jew because the hatred of us has no color, no class, no politics, and is of every language. I am a Jew because Jews do not cause Jew hatred, ever. Today, as with so many times in history, there are forces in the world and in this city insisting that Jews need to disappear or die. Some say it bluntly. Some cloak it in the language of progress. But I am a Jew because I know there is a force far greater than that. And that is the force of who we are and of our world-changing ideas. 
The Jewish people were not put on earth to be anti-anti-Semites. We were put on earth to be Jews. We are the people whose God never slumbers or sleeps, and so neither can we. We are the lamplighters. We are the Maccabees. We are the ever-dying people who refuses to die. The people of Israel lives now, and we live forever. I'm Yisrael Chai. Wow. <laughs> you basically summed up your whole book in one three-minute speech. Pretty amazing. Uh, let's have a nice welcome for the author of the book, How to Fight Anti-Semitism, Barry Weiss. Guys. Barry, Barry is here in Borough Park, Brooklyn, at Eichler's, and uh, it is a pleasure to have you here. I thank Morty for giving me this opportunity, and of course the entire staff here. And uh, I'm sure you were uh, you were thrilled with the reception you got at the desk over there as people were speaking to you and uh, and uh, and engaging with you about your work. I'm just so excited to be here. I've spent the past. I would say not just since the book came out, but honestly, since after the attack in Pittsburgh, right. traveling to Jewish communities all over the country, sometimes three and four communities in a week, communities on the religious right and the religious left, small, big, secular, not so, I mean, everything, you name it. And somehow I had not been invited to speak in Brooklyn until Morty reached out to me. In so one I'm just, of the most noticeable Jewish communities yes. in the world. So I'm just very, very thrilled to to be here and um yeah thank god this worked out uh well we know what happened on the 27th of october in 2018 that was the day of the quote-unquote pittsburgh shooting that claimed 11 lives you were bat mitzvah in that synagogue your connection to pittsburgh and that synagogue has been well documented um we had the opportunities i mentioned we met back in november of 2018 just a few days after the attack when we were in rabbi wasserman shul together and then uh, a year later, on the 13th of November of 2019, we went back and had an opportunity to really experience what Pittsburgh's all about. The first time, as Miriam pointed out earlier, was really just the aftermath of this terrible tragedy, and we were trying to stay out of people's way while at the same time bring everything to our listeners. The second time around, we were welcomed at the JCC. Not every JCC would be welcoming to a noticeably orthodox radio outfit, and the, the people there were so amazing and, 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 and so welcoming. And what you just described in terms of I visited you know, small synagogues and large ones, small communities and large ones, and, and those who are on the religious right, the religious left, I think that's symbolic of what Pittsburgh's all about. Yeah. Everybody living together peacefully. I, in retrospect, I didn't know it at the time because when you're growing up, all you know is what you've experienced. Right. It was only when I came to college at Columbia, New York, that I understood that Jews could fight about something like the height of a mechitza. <laughs> when I was growing up, it was a completely normal um, for us to have, you know, 30 people to Shabbat dinner. My dad is a Trump-curious conservative. My mom is a liberal. I'm the oldest of four daughters. We were always arguing about politics in my family. And it was very normal on Shabbat to have, you know, conversations late into the night. And then for us to go to the conservative synagogue where, not to be heretical, but I was one of the youngest Torah readers, and then go to a Chabad family for lunch. We all... And your relationship with Ari Wasserman, who's the key Orthodox rabbi in the synagogue. Yeah, in, my in the dad's... Yeah, right. half, one, one out of every two Shabbatot. If your you know, father's not in that my, synagogue, he's in his synagogue. Exactly. So what I mean to say is that the sense that I grew up with, that dedication and love for the Jewish people, that Ahavat Yisrael comes before everything else, that was ingrained in me from such a young age. So that 
it's made it possible, I think, for me to not feel constrained by one stream of Judaism or one stream of politics or really any of that stuff, which frankly in this moment is so beside the point. This is the moment where we need to be showing incredible solidarity with one another. I know just looking at this room that I have incredible disagreements with lots of people here about lots of things that are important to me. That is secondary to me in this moment. Um, And that was kind of the, one of the, impetuses behind this book um, and that is very much the ethos of the Pittsburgh Jewish community which is really really special I think also um, one thing that the fight against Jeremy Corbyn in England just showed is that it is in fact possible for very diverse Jewish communities to come together to fight a threat in that case the threat of an anti-Semite running the Labour Party who threatened to become Prime Minister of England. Thankfully, he was, you know, thoroughly defeated. But I think that the British Jewish community, which I had always sort of not looked down on, but I had always looked at the British Jewish community as those are the quiet Jews, those are the go-along Jews, those are the ones who just kind of want to, you know, skate by. I'm eating my words now. I look at the model that they just showed for us of how we can come together. Um, and so I'm going to on my British book tour in a few weeks, and nice. I'm really excited to meet some of the heroes of the fight against And Jeremy I think Corbyn. one of the keys in the UK was they were able to really recruit their neighbors, their friends from other religions and from other political backgrounds to join in and understand the severity of the fight. Right. When I think about two of the greatest heroes right now in England— Against, in the fight against anti-Semitism, they're not Jews. Right. They are J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, right. who has been an outspoken advocate on be, against Jew hatred in England, and Majid Nawaz. Who in this room knows Majid Nawaz? I'm just curious. Does anyone know that name? Morty does. So Majid Nawaz, for those who don't know him, is a true righteous Gentile. Majid Nawaz grew up in Egypt. He was a member of the Muslim Brotherhood and was jailed um, as an Islamist. Now he says he's, he calls himself a recovering anti-Semite, but he's actually <laughs> a fully recovered anti-Semite. He is one of the most outspoken advocates um, against Jew hatred and on behalf of the things that really keep Jews safe, liberty, religious freedom, the idea of judging people based on their individual merit and not based on their group identity. And I'm just, I'm going to be at the Cambridge Union with him. And I think that if there's a smart Jewish philanthropist in the world, they will set up a righteous Gentile prize in honor of Majid Nawaz and give it every single year to a different person. Because one thing we should be doing in our community is really elevating and celebrating those people who are willing to have skin in the game and stand with us. The amount of hatred that someone like that takes for standing up on behalf of the Jewish people and the Jewish state is is quite unbelievable. Excellent and, and they idea. To be celebrated. And, and by the way, very similar to what you write in your last chapter about Jews doing what you just described, standing up and you know telling the world we are Jews, as you did in that speech. We are we are we are here. We're not going anywhere. We are proud of what we are, etc. By the way, you mentioned earlier. And I have to go back for a second. You mentioned earlier the disagreements that you and I and others might likely have in this setting. But yet, when I saw this scene to my right, it looked like you were feeling the brotherhood and sisterhood of being among your brothers and sisters here to a great degree. Of course, because that's what I lead with. Like there are different moments call for different things. At a moment of safety for Jews, 
you know, we might be sitting here having a debate about Trump or a debate about, I don't know, like feminism. And those things are still extremely important. I write about those things all the time. But the reason that I feel it's important for someone like me who's not from this community to put on a long skirt and long sleeves and come out to Borough Park is because you guys right now, the people that live in this community, the people that are obviously identified in their Jewishness, um, are the people that are on the front lines for all of us. And when people who are visibly Jewish are not safe, no Jews are safe. I never wore a Magen David in my entire life. After Pittsburgh, I put one on because I was just a visceral feeling of I want to show my Jewishness. And when I'm on shows like you know, Bill Maher or The View or CNN, that people know that I'm a Jew. But also I felt it was important to like have skin in the game publicly and to be publicly identified as a Jew. One thing that I'm trying to do in life, in a, you know, I would have never done this, but I happened to be in Penn Station when the um, Siyum Hashas, is that what it's called, right. was letting out. So it was like flooded, <laughs> flooded with the most visible Jews <laughs> in New York. And I was like, you know, typically I would never stop someone and like say Mazal Tov. But I made it a point to like go around to different Jews in Penn Station and be like, Mazal Tov. And I think they were kind of shocked because I look the way I do and they look the way they do. But I think that it's really, really important in every small way to model solidarity with one another. You know, I grew up with the, you know, the phrase that was taught to me at, at the Solomon Schechter Day School I went to, you know, Kol Yisrael Arvim Zebaza. Okay, is that a lovely theory or is that a lived reality? And, and how can we show that kind of solidarity uh, with one another and with, with our neighbors? Brilliant. And by the way, that type of attitude helps in the battle against anti-Semitism. It's all part of the same picture we should note because I know we have <laughs> very limited time with you and there's so much I want to cover. Um, as we said earlier, you do exp you explain the history and you go through a lot in terms of what people need to know, the basics and more in terms of anti-Semitism and its roots. Uh, but then you pay careful attention, and I joked before of course about the volume on each side, but you pay careful attention to what's happening from the right and from the left. And I would add, and you did of course in certain cases, what happens with anti-Zionism, how that's a cloak for anti-Semitism, anti-Israel, BD Yes, et cetera, et cetera. There are so many different angles that the enemies of our people or those who want to be haters take that we have to be aware of all of them. Right. And I think you kind of touched on this in an earlier interview. One of the most important things that we can do to show that we genuinely, you know, that we're genuine in our aims is, and I see the, the opposite of this too often in our community. In our community, I often see when people on the right see the behavior of someone like uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib, they point the finger and say, look, we told you it's a problem in the Democratic Party. We told you it's a problem on the left. And then when Trump says something or Trump empowers a group like True News, which is an anti-Semitic outlet giving them press credentials, then you hear all my friends on the left saying, ha ha, look, we told you it's on the right. I think one of the most important strategies that we can take right now is for people to be calling out anti-Semitism on their own side. So when someone like a conservative like Ben Shapiro calls it out in the Republican Party, that is much more powerful than him calling it out against the people that are already his political enemies right. and using it as a cudgel to sort of berate people who he already disagreed with. One of the reasons that you know I get accused of going too hard on left-wing anti-Semitism, even though I think I take them both quite seriously, is because that's the world that I swim in. Mm -hmm. You know, the anti-Semitism that I've confronted in my own life well, actually, it's it's both. But, you know, in my daily life, I would say is definitely the anti-Semitism from people that have PhDs, not the anti-Semites that hang out in neo-Nazi.
Nazi forums online. And so I think it's very important to follow my own rule. Phenomenal. All right, a couple of things I must do. Um, I'm sure you're going to appreciate this. We, we were in Pittsburgh on the 13th of November, as I told you. We spoke. Well, you to interviewed s- my dad at some and point. And that was he the first trip. You're, Lou Weiss, what a genius. Uh, you're, you're an amazing father. People know him from the Wall Street Journal and other fora. Um, we spoke to Stephen Cohen and Barbara Kaplan. Mm-hmm. They were co-presidents of the New Light Congregation, which you know is part of the Tree of Life and, of course, part of that terrible disaster. And we spoke about three victims who came from their congregation, Richard Godfrey, Daniel Stein, and Melvin Wax. Mm. And I asked them about them, and I was so glad I did. And you'll, I think you'll appreciate this. One, Richard, they described as the rabbi's right-hand man. Uh, Daniel, they described as the guy who organized all the trips, men's club, trip to Washington, et cetera, et cetera, at, like the manager of the shul. And Melvin uh, was the, uh, the person who always had a joke, always had a smile, and knew the service by heart. And I said to them, all three of these people, I said to them, we know every person knows all three of these people. Because yeah. all three, three of these people are in every shul in the world, well, in every shul in America, certainly. Well, and these are the ones who were taken from us that day. Well, I think one thing to think about, right, is like who shows up to shul on Shabbat morning at 9 a.m.? Right. Right? It's like most <laughs> they gotta people, be like dedicated. my dad, he's rolling in at like 11. <laughs> you know, he's there for like the kiddush, basically, and the schmooze. Told, no, no shade. But like... The people that show up at that time are the stalwarts of the community. They're the people that hold the community up. Um, And oftentimes it's people that are older and that are, you know, looking for a community. Um, And as you know, you know, two of the people that were killed were Cecil and David Rosenthal, two um, special needs men in our community who were kind of the unofficial mayors of Pittsburgh. They were always there as ushers waiting to greet people. So it was really... And you know what the fire department did... At their funeral when yes, they all I was dressed. There. You were at the funeral. That w- was that was just hearing about it was. And that the, one of the pallbearers at the funeral was Brett Kiesel of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. I mean, so I think one thing to keep in mind, you know, we're living in a scary moment, and we're living in a moment where a lot of us are asking ourselves. I think for the first time, I grew up very much with the idea from my parents and my grandparents that America was a new Jerusalem. America was singular in Jewish history. It was saved or inoculated from the tragedy of so much of Jewish history, not least because we were founded by people who imagined themselves to be new Israelites enacting a modern exodus. Um, And it's not that that is untrue. It's just, I think we are going through a time where we're asking ourselves, was that as true as, as we imagined? Um, and I just lost my train of thought. But no, you had asked me something, and I no, it was we Pittsburgh. Were, no, no, no. Hold on, Pittsburgh, New Jerusalem. We spoke about America, the, the, the victims, and the type of people that would be there early in synagogue. Yeah. And, and no. <laughs> okay. That's okay. This happens to me. <laughs> no it's problem. Okay. No, we're not going to hold it against you. How do you like that? Um, in no, what might in what might be the most important part of the book? And yeah. we're recommending the book to everybody and everybody watching and listening. You must pick it up. It's such an amazing, comprehensive look at anti-Semitism. In what might be the uh, you got it. I'm gonna get it. It's like right there. It's in the like lizard part well, of my brain. I'll in the give back. you. I'll give you a chance as long as you give us an extra bit. Yeah, of two. course. Take more um, time. It's fine. Uh, you talk about two people. Uh, in the quote-unquote solution to anti-Semitism, assuming there is, you know, really a way that you know we can combat this effectively, you talk about two people who had a very important impact on you, Zev Magain and Leonard Jeffries. 
Now, I remember Jeffries coming to Columbia, and it was mm -hmm. quite a, I mean, the media paid a lot of attention to him, and he had a lot of interesting things at the minimum to say about the Jewish community. But my Gaines reaction, what was it about what he said that made you formulate really almost an entire chapter of the book around it? So Zev Magen, the, as you'll know if you read it, the title is directly ripped off from an essay that he wrote um, that an older student gave to me when I was a, you know, a pro-Israel Jewish activist at Columbia, and the essay was called How to Fight Anti-Semitism. He wrote it when he was a graduate student at Columbia, and Leonard Jeffries, who is this sort of notoriously anti-Semitic professor uh, from another school, was coming to campus to right. speak. And he observed the same phenomenon that anyone that's involved in Jewish organizational life knows very well, which was committees were formed and people were trying to decide what the right messaging would be and what the optics should be and how could we protest this in the right way that would win people to our side. And he writes in this essay, you know, if someone calls you a pig, do you stand on the street corner with a sign saying, I am not a pig? In other words, the entire defensive framework of we are dehumanized and denigrated and then we basically go with our begging bull beseeching people to see us as human beings is wrong. He suggests in that essay, and I think it fundamentally changed my frame of mind, that the ultimate and ultimately the only solution to fighting Jew hatred, obviously we need to harden our spaces, secure our spaces, we need to educate people, all those things need right. to happen. But at the core, what needs to happen is we need to use that moment to remind ourselves who we are and what we are fighting for. In other words, if our entire identity is constructed on fighting back against the people that hate us, on being anti-anti-Semites, what's the point at all? That is not what we were put on earth to do. Um, and so it's funny that you mention this because, you know, I do a lot of meetings, but last night in particular, I had over like 20 Columbia students Ooh. who are getting ready to fight a BDS vote on campus and they're exhausted having having done it for the past five years and it's just sort of getting worse and understandably they're exhausted and I told them to read Zeb Magen's essay and we started a conversation about instead of fighting the BDS vote what if the week of the BDS vote we brought Sasha Baron Cohen, Gal Gadot, Natan Sharansky, and 10 other heroes of the Jewish people to campus. What would that do, not just for the Jewish students on campus, but for everyone else? That is the kind of radical shift in mindset that I think that we need. Brilliant. There's too much defensiveness and mm -hmm. crouching in our community. Um, I think we need to really be, stop. we need to stop asking things of ourselves that we would never ask of another minority group under right. threat. And on the Magain David uh, uh, aspect, uh, to be proud, reasonably proud. I know there are places on this globe where it would not be suggested to wear a mugging David, but you know where where it reasonably can be worn or a yama can be can be worn. You encourage people to show their Jewishness and be proud of it, and be proactive in their d demonstration of their Judaism. Yeah, and one other thing, I don't write this in the book, but I think is true. I'm a huge admirer. I would even say a fellow traveler of Chabad. I think what they do is incredible, right. and one of the reasons for that is an experience I had when I was 24 years old. I just gotten a job, my first really big job in journalism at the Wall Street Journal. And it was very 
waspy environment and a very old boys club environment. I, I felt like I was Fran Drescher. Like I had never <laughs> been in such a non-Jewish environment in my life. Do people even know who Fran Drescher is? I don't know what they get anyway, the reference. But okay. I felt very People Jewish. listening and watching are laughing. I can I, tell you that much. <laughs> I was very aware of my Jewishness. Um, and there was part of me, even though I would not have been able to articulate this at the time, that kind of wanted to just fit in. And I remember very distinctly on Hanukkah, my first year there, that Chabadniks, Moti Seligson, if you're listening, and some other people oh, showed up, sure. showed yeah, up with um, Sufganiyot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like Uh-oh. these people <laughs> with the black hats and the payas are like coming through. Like I'm embarrassed. I really felt that way. And what was amazing to me was to see the response of my non-Jewish colleagues. The response of my non-Jewish colleagues was, this is awesome. And, you know, John, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs has this famous line, non-Jews respect Jews who respect Judaism. Correct. You have that in here, right? And there was this moment for me of like, wow, they don't check any part of their identity of any room they enter. I need to be exactly that way. And it was a real like shift moment for me. Um, and I just try and do that in my own life. I try and do that every single day when I walk into the New York Times wearing this necklace. I could tell you the Lubavitcher Rebbe would be very proud of you, <laughs> okay. knowing something about him. And I must tell you, and, and my staff's going to laugh because it's one of the only topics I ever discussed now, the Yeshiva University basketball team, 17 straight wins as of last night, <laughs> doing unbelievable both on both the court. But I mentioned this to you for the following Wait, reason. why are we bringing that up? I, I mentioned this to you for the following reason. You're going to love this. Last night, I walked over to their coach, Elliot Steinmetz, and I said, I want to tell you what the highlight of the season has been. Now imagine, 17 in a row, everyone, the whole country's talking about them. Certainly every Jew is tuning into their games. He says, what's the highlight of the season? I said, the highlight is that you told Division Three Hoops, which is the national uh, radio network, that now you wear a yarmulke at work beca- wow. because of the... And he looked at me like, you know, I never considered that that's a big deal. And well, there's a lot of people I know that are... And, and it's interesting... I find that the real leadership on this issue in our community, or at least in my community, is coming from very young people. Right. The people that are older and more established, and they tend to want to kind of hoard their status and their capital. and Not take any risks. Not take any risks. It's the younger people that really don't have much to lose that are absolutely to the barricades in this fight and you know I'm um, I'm, re- I'm reading a biography of Theodore Herzl and it reminds me of his own experience where you know it was German Jewry and the more statusy Jewry that was kind of very wary of his plan it was Russian Jewry and the poorer Jews and the younger Jews right. he writes about Who this were that motivated. were drawn to his cause and willing um, to Put their put put skin in the game. The others were don't rock the boat. Yeah, that and I think that there's a lot in that that uh, we should really be looking and empowering the younger Jews because you know millennial. I'm a, I'm an elder millennial, so <laughs> the millennials and the Gen Zers kind of get a bad reputation for apathy. I have found that the absolute opposite is the case, and there's just so much energy with young people right now, and that's where I'm trying to put my focus. Can't thank you enough. Spending Super Sunday with Barry Weiss. Let's hear it. The book is called How to Fight Anti-Semitism. I I think the only problem you have today is that the Steelers aren't playing in the game. Other other than (laughs) that, you're fine, right? I'm great. Can't thank you enough. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for making this happen, and thank you to Morty Getz for making this happen. And we are at Eichler's in Borough Park having an amazing time with Barry Weiss and the staff here in Borough Park, Brooklyn. More coming up. You're listening to our final minutes of a very special Super Sunday broadcast at the Nahum Siegel Network.
and I both cannot believe that we didn't say hello to one specific person in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
You got I that? love you so much. Hoping to see you over Pesach. Nina Butler. <laughs> Nina Butler gets a special shout-out for Barry Weiss and a special shout-out from us because without, uh, yep. without Nina... We would never have been able to coordinate the shows that we did in Pittsburgh. She's the Shadchan. She's the mayor of Pittsburgh. She I, is. I know. I know there's a real mayor. One minute, one minute, one minute. What about Uri? The Uri Butler also. Shout out to Uri Butler. He's the deputy mayor. He is. But yeah. Mayor Peduto, we should mention. Correct. And hello to JJ, who was my sister's boss at Milky Way. Oh, oh my God. And JJ takes his <laughs> job very seriously, as we know. Are we? Yes, JJ he certainly does. JJ takes his job very seriously. Do we have to mention JJ and Uri? Yes. In equal, in equal. And Barry says that JJ was his was, sister's, was boss. Her sister's boss, which is Correct. very funny. Um, Mayor Peduto, this is something that Nina told us when we were out in uh, when we were out in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He he would not move the ceremony. Right. He would not move the ceremony commemorating the one year anniversary, uh, even though his staff told him he has to move it. It's an outdoor ceremony that has. Uh, that has um, uh, monsoons expected, that ma- massive rains expected. Right. He refused, and no one knew why. And then the next day in the newspaper, of course, he put in a full-page ad uh, that w- with, with appropriate sentiments, I don't have it in front of me, um, that, co- that, co- that reminded everybody that that day was Kristallnacht's anniversary. Mm-hmm. And he felt it was important to hold that ceremony on the anniversary. In Europe, this is what government officials and, and law enforcement officials were doing to Jews. Here in the United States, this is what we are doing for our Jewish Correct. community. Uh, so Mayor Peduto gets a, a special shout-out. As well, on I this love day. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh was really something. I'll it tell you, it certainly was. And for those of you who watch the Kosher Halftime Show, if you watch the beginning of it tonight very carefully, you might think you're in Pittsburgh. Exactly. As well. <laughs> it's it our very nod. Very carefully. It's our nod. It's our nod to Pittsburgh. It's tonight. our homage. Thank you to Suri from Eichlers. Thank you to Mutti and Yassi and Erica, and of course to Morty Getz, uh, and everybody here at Eichlers yes. and Borough Park. Say it again. And and Mrs. Getz, who is here. We can't wait to meet her, but we'll shut the mics first. We'll turn off the mics. And and we thank everybody here at Eichler's and Borough Park for all their amazing hospitality. You know, we said a minute ago that having a 1,000 people at a Barnes & Noble on a Sunday is a great thing. But this crowd here on a Sunday at Eichler's for Barry Weiss is Is quite a salute. Correct. It's it's unbelievable. Um, Also, to Avrami, who's, who's as usual coordinating our Super Sunday from Israel. Yes. To Yoni and to Miriam Alwalik, and to our special guest star of the day, ZK. Our chief engineer has come back. He has come back. From retirement. To join us. (laughs) That's what he said. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> he was back in single A ball, but we brought him back. <laughs> That's right. He he had pitched a couple of simulated games, and now he's in the real deal. Is there single A ball for football? I mean, we're in the spirit of the day. Like, is uh, there, there must be, but but that's for tomorrow oh, when, when Yoni's going to review his entire Super Bowl experience and tell us about all the uh, incorrect predictions that he made. Mm. Uh, by the way, for those of you who uh, like to have uh, uh, extra fun during the game, yes. keep in mind that Yoni's picking Kansas City. Uh, because that may, that, Until this that, moment, that, I didn't know Kansas City that, was that playing. That may attract you to take the other side. Anyway, that's the whole story from here. Uh, go get the book. If you're not here at Eichler's right now, it's available everywhere. It's on the web. Uh, it is uh, in all the bookstores. It's called How to Fight Anti-Semitism by Barry Weiss. And you can find it also at shopeichlers.com. You can also find, thank you, you can also find it at shopeichlers.com. And um, and enjoy it, and and I say enjoy because it does give hope in terms of what we could do as a community to help stem the tide of anti-Semitism and to get it uh, uh, to get it under control. Kosher halftime show tonight, just after 7:30 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to post it at nachomsigel.com, uh, facebook.com/nachomsigelnetwork. That's kosher halftime show tonight, starring Simcha Liner and um, and Ashley Blaker and Mayor Kay. 
and and uh, you and myself yes. and a whole host of wonderful fun. Um, and a big thank you to our sponsors, the Rothenberg Law Firm, the presenting sponsor, to Kosher.com, and to Keiko, and to Abels and Hyman, and to Azer Mitzion, and to Steiner Communications, all of our great sponsors. Thank you. We are looking forward to an amazing reaction from our Kosher Halftime Show, which is uh, completely done and is spectacular, to say the least. That will wrap things up on a, uh, a, a, on a special... Sunday afternoon broadcast on this Super Sunday from Eichler's here in Borough Park. Big thank you to Barry Weiss. Big thank you to Morty Getz. And a big thank you to all of you for listening and for watching and for being part of this presentation of the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>